0: Chapter Nineteen of the Patchwork Girl of Oz, by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen: Trouble with the Tottenhuts. A day's journey from the Emerald City brought the little band of adventurers to the home of Jack Pumpkinhead, which was a house formed from the shell of an immense pumpkin. Jack had made it himself and was very proud of it. There was a door and several windows, and through the top was stuck a stovepipe that led from a small stove inside. The door was reached by a flight of three steps, and there was a good floor on which was arranged some furniture that was quite comfortable. It is certain that Jack Pumpkinhead might have had a much finer house to live in had he wanted it, for Ozma loved the stupid fellow who had been her earliest companion. But Jack preferred his pumpkin house, as it matched himself very well, and in this he was not stupid after all. The body of this remarkable person was made of wood, branches of trees of various sizes, having been used for the purpose. This wooden framework was covered by a red shirt with white spots on it, blue trousers, a yellow vest, a jacket of green and gold, and stout leather shoes. The neck was a sharpened stick on which the pumpkin head was set, and the eyes, ears, nose, and mouth were carved on the skin of the pumpkin very like a child's jack-o'-lantern. The house of this interesting creation stood in the center of a vast pumpkin field, where the vines grew in profusion and bore pumpkins of extraordinary size as well as those which were smaller some of the pumpkins now ripening on the vines were almost as large as jack's house and he told dorothy he intended to add another pumpkin to his mansion the travelers were cordially welcomed to this quaint domicile and invited to pass the night there which they had planned to do the patchwork girl was greatly interested in jack and examined him admiringly you are quite handsome she said but not as really beautiful as the Scarecrow. Jack turned at this to examine the Scarecrow critically, and his old friend slyly winked one painted eye at him. "'There is no accounting for tastes,' remarked the Pumpkinhead with a sigh. "'An old crow once told me I was very fascinating, but of course the bird might have been mistaken.' yet i have noticed that the crows usually avoid the scarecrow who is a very honest fellow in his way but stuffed i am not stuffed you will observe my body is good solid hickory i adore stuffing said the patchwork girl well as for that my head is stuffed with pumpkin seeds declared jack i use them for brains "'and when they are fresh I am intellectual. "'Just now I regret to say my seeds are rattling a bit, "'so I must soon get another head.' "'Oh, do you change your head?' asked Ojo. "'To be sure. Pumpkins are not permanent, more is the pity, "'and in time they spoil. "'That is why I grow such a great field of pumpkins, "'that I may select a new head whenever necessary.' "'Who carves the faces on them?' inquired the boy. "'I do that myself. "'I lift off my old head, place it on a table before me, "'and use the face for a pattern to go by. "'Sometimes the faces I carve are better than others, "'more expressive and cheerful, you know, "'but I think they average very well.' "'Before she had started the journey, "'Dorothy had packed the knapsack with the things she might need, and this knapsack the scarecrow carried strapped to his back the little girl wore a plain gingham dress and a checked sunbonnet as she knew they were best fitted for travel ojo also had brought along his basket to which ozma had added a bottle of square meal tablets and some fruit but jack pumpkinhead grew a lot of things in his garden besides pumpkins so he cooked for them a fine vegetable soup and gave Dorothy, Ojo, and Toto, the only ones who found it necessary to eat, a pumpkin pie and some green cheese. For beds they must use the sweet dried grasses which Jack had strewn along one side of the room, but that satisfied Dorothy and Ojo very well. Toto, of course, slept beside his little mistress. The scarecrow, scraps, and the pumpkin head were tireless and had no need to sleep so they sat up and talked together all night but they stayed outside the house under the bright stars and talked in low tones so as not to disturb the sleepers during the conversation the scarecrow explained their quest for a dark well and asked jack's advice where to find it the pumpkinhead considered the matter gravely that is going to be a difficult task said he and if i were you i'd take any ordinary well and enclose it so as to make it dark i fear that wouldn't do replied the scarecrow the well must be naturally dark and the water must never have seen the light of day for otherwise the magic charm might not work at all how much of the water do you need asked jack a gill "'How much is a gill?' "'Why, a gill is a gill, of course,' answered the Scarecrow, who did not wish to display his ignorance. "'I know,' cried Scraps. "'Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch—' "'No, no, that's wrong,' interrupted the Scarecrow. "'There are two kinds of gills, I think. "'One is a girl, and the other is—' "'A gillyflower,' said Jack. "'No, a measure.' "'How big a measure?' "'Well, I'll ask Dorothy.' "'So next morning they asked Dorothy, and she said, "'I just don't know how much a gill is, "'but I've brought along a gold flask that holds a pint. "'That's more than a gill, I'm sure, "'and the crooked magician may measure it to suit himself. "'But the thing that's bothering us most, Jack, "'is to find the well.' Jack gazed around the landscape, "'for he was standing in the doorway of his house. "'This is a flat country, so you won't find any dark wells here,' said he. "'You must go into the mountains, where rocks and caverns are.' "'And where is that?' asked Ojo. "'In the quadling country, which lies south of here,' replied the Scarecrow. "'I've known all along that we must go to the mountains.' "'So have I,' said Dorothy. "'But, goodness me!' The Quadling Country is full of danger, declared Jack. I've never been there myself, but-I have, said the Scarecrow. I've faced the dreadful hammerheads, which have no arms and butt you like a goat. And I've faced the fighting trees, which bend down their branches to pound and whip you, and had many other adventures there. It's wild country, remarked Dorothy soberly. And if we go there, we're sure to have troubles of our own, but I guess we'll have to go if we want that gill of water from the dark well. So they said good-bye to the pumpkinhead and resumed their travels, heading now directly toward the south country, where mountains and rocks and caverns and forests of great trees abounded. This part of the land of Oz, while it belonged to Ozma and owed her allegiance was so wild and secluded that many queer peoples hid in its jungles and lived in their own way without even a knowledge that they had a ruler in the emerald city if they were left alone these creatures never troubled the inhabitants of the rest of oz but those who invaded their domains encountered many dangers from them it was a two-day journey from jack pumpkinhead's house to the edge of the quadling country for neither Dorothy nor Ojo could walk very fast, and they often stopped by the wayside to rest. The first night they slept on the broad fields among the buttercups and daisies, and the scarecrow covered the children with a gauze blanket taken from his knapsack so they would not be chilled by the night air. Toward evening of the second day they reached a sandy plain where walking was difficult, but some distance before them they saw a group of palm trees with many curious black dots under them, so they trudged bravely on to reach that place by dark and spend the night under the shelter of the trees. The black dots grew larger as they advanced, and although the light was dim, Dorothy thought they looked like big kettles turned upside down, Just beyond this place a jumble of huge, jagged rocks lay scattered rising to the mountains behind them. Our travelers preferred to attempt to climb these rocks by daylight, and they realized that for a time this would be their last night on the plains. Twilight had fallen by the time they came to the trees, beneath which were the black circular objects they had marked from a distance. Dozens of them were scattered around, and dorothy bent near to one which was about as tall as she was to examine it more closely as she did so the top flew open and out popped a dusky creature rising its length into the air and then plumping down upon the ground just beside the little girl another and another popped out of the circular pot-like dwellings while from all the other black objects came popping more creatures very like jumping-jacks when their boxes are unhooked until fully a hundred stood gathered around our little group of travelers by this time dorothy had discovered they were people tiny and curiously formed but still people their skins were dusky and their hair stood straight up like wires and was brilliant scarlet in color their bodies were bare except for skins fastened around their waists and they wore bracelets on their ankles and wrists and necklaces and great pendant earrings toto crouched beside his mistress and wailed as if he did not like these strange creatures a bit scraps began to mutter something about hoppity poppity jumpity dump but no one paid any attention to her ojo kept close to the scarecrow and the scarecrow kept close to dorothy but the little girl turned to the queer creature and asked who are you they answered this question all together in a sort of chanting chorus the words being as follows we're the jolly tottenhuts we do not like the day but in the night tis our delight to gamble skip and play we hate the sun and from it run the moon is cool and clear so on this spot each tottenhot waits for it to appear we're every one chock full of fun and full of mischief too and if you're gay and with us play we'll do no harm to you glad to meet you tottenhots said the scarecrow solemnly but you mustn't expect us to play with you all night for we've traveled all day, and some of us are tired. And we never gamble, added the Patchwork Girl. It's against the law. These remarks were greeted with shouts of laughter by the impish creatures, and one seized the Scarecrow's arm and was astonished to find the Straw Man whirl around so easily. So the Tottenhot raised the Scarecrow high in the air and tossed him over the heads of the crowd. Someone caught him and tossed him back, and so, with shouts of glee, they continued throwing the scarecrow here and there, as if he had been a basketball. Presently another imp seized scraps and began to throw her about in the same way. They found her a little heavier than the scarecrow, but still light enough to be tossed like a sofa-cushion, and they were enjoying the sport immensely when Dorothy, angry and indignant at the treatment her friends were receiving, rushed among the Tottenhots and began slapping and pushing them until she had rescued the Scarecrow and the Patchwork Girl and held them close on either side of her. Perhaps she would not have accomplished this victory so easily had not Toto helped her barking and snapping at the bare legs of the imps until they were glad to flee from his attack. As for Ojo, some of the creatures had attempted to toss him also, but finding his body too heavy, they threw him to the ground, and a row of the imps sat on him and held him from assisting Dorothy in her battle. The little brown folks were much surprised at being attacked by the girl and the dog, and one or two who had been slapped hardest began to cry. Then suddenly they gave a shout altogether and disappeared in a flash into their various houses, the tops of which closed with a series of pops that sounded like a bunch of firecrackers being exploded. The adventurers now found themselves alone, and Dorothy asked anxiously, "'Is anybody hurt?' "'Not me,' answered the scarecrow. "'They have given my straw a good shaking up, and taken all the lumps out of it. I am now in splendid condition, and am really obliged to the Tottenhots for their kind treatment. "'I feel much the same way,' said Scraps. "'My cotton stuffing had sagged a good deal with the day's walking, and they've loosened it up until I feel as plump as a sausage. But the play was a little rough, and I'd had quite enough of it when you interfered.' Six of them sat on me,' said Ojo but as they are so little they didn't hurt me much. Just then the roof of the house in front of them opened, and a Tottenhot stuck his head out very cautiously and looked at the strangers. "'Can't you take a joke?' he asked reproachfully. "'Haven't you any fun in you at all?' "'If I had such a quality,' replied the Scarecrow, "'your people would have knocked it out of me.' but i don't bear grudges i forgive you so do i added scraps that is if you behave yourselves after this it was just a little rough-house that's all said the Tottenhot. but the question is not if we will behave but if you will behave we can't be shut up here all night because this is our time to play nor do we care to come out and be chewed up by a savage beast or slapped by an angry girl that slapping hurt like sixty. Some of my folks are crying about it. So here's the proposition. You let us alone, and we'll let you alone. You began it, declared Dorothy. Well, you ended it, so we won't argue the matter. May we come out again? Or are you still cruel and slappy? Tell you what we'll do, said Dorothy. We're all tired and want to sleep until morning. "'If you'll let us get into your house and stay there until daylight, "'you can play outside all you want to.' "'That's a bargain!' cried the Tottenhot eagerly, "'and he gave a queer whistle that brought his people "'popping out of their houses on all sides. "'When the house before them was vacant, "'Dorothy and Ojo leaned over the hole and looked in, "'but could see nothing because it was so dark.' But if the Tottenhots slept there all day, the children thought they could sleep there at night. So Ojo lowered himself down and found it was not very deep. "'There's a soft cushion all over,' said he. "'Come on in.' Dorothy handed Toto to the boy and then climbed in herself. After her came Scraps and the Scarecrow, who did not wish to sleep but preferred to keep out of the way of the mischievous Tottenhots. There seemed no furniture in the round den, but soft cushions were strewn about the floor, and these they found made very comfortable beds. They did not close the hole in the roof, but left it open to admit air. It also admitted the shouts and ceaseless laughter of the impish Tottenhots as they played outside, but Dorothy and Ojo, being weary from their journey, were soon fast asleep. Toto kept an eye open, however, and uttered low, threatening growls whenever the racket made by the creatures outside became too boisterous, and the scarecrow and the patchwork girl sat leaning against the wall and talked in whispers all night long. No one disturbed the travelers until daylight, when in popped the Tottenhot who owned the place and invited them to vacate his premises. End of chapter 19